0: Hey everyone, I'm David Finns, and on this episode of the Cyber Insurance Imperative, we're going to wade into the controversial question of what liability a social media company should face when user-generated content it hosts on its platform results in some harm to another party. This past week, the Department of Justice argued in a filing before the U.S. Supreme Court that Google, the parent company of YouTube, may be responsible for violating the Anti-Terrorism Act as a result of a video having been posted by ISIS. The Justice Department brought this action in the wake of the tragic killing of a 23-year-old U.S. citizen by ISIS in Paris back in 2015. Now, to be clear, the Justice Department didn't bring the case on behalf of the victim's family. What it argued was a little more nuanced than that. While acknowledging that Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act exempts companies from liability when they simply permit users to post questionable content, or even when they fail to remove it, the Justice Department argued that Section 230 has its limits. Specifically, the government is arguing that YouTube's algorithm actually recommended or pointed users to that content, which it believes warrants reopening the case brought by the victim's family. That case was dismissed by the trial court, and the dismissal was affirmed by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which held that Section 230 effectively shields social media companies from such liability. Now, Section 230 has critics on both sides of the aisle. Some progressives have argued that it grants immunity to social media companies for the dissemination of hate speech and false information, while conservatives say that those same platforms have a track record of suppressing legitimate news stories that might upset the political establishment. Either way, the tech industry has flourished under Section 230 because it makes clear when it comes to user content The platform is not the publisher and shouldn't be subjected to charges of libel or slander. So what does this have to do with cyber insurance? Well, as some of you may know, the cyber insurance product grew out of the underwriting community for technology risk, and media companies were early adapters of the coverage. To this day, most cyber insurance policies still offer coverage for claims arising out of digital media, although for some businesses whose revenue depends upon creating content, a standalone media liability policy may be a better solution. Even if your business is only creating content to promote its own services such as a company website or press releases, don't overlook this important component of your coverage. It not only picks up those defamation claims I mentioned earlier, but also copyright infringement, misappropriation of image, and a host of other tort claims that arise out of the creation and distribution of content. The bottom line is, media liability coverage isn't just for media companies. All of this is intended as general information and guidance, and you'll want to consult with a qualified insurance broker about your specific coverage needs. And if your broker isn't discussing media liability with you, maybe it's time that you discover the more rewarding way to manage risk. So DM me on LinkedIn or email me at david.fins@alliant.com and I'll be happy to review your current policy language and offer any suggestions for improvement. Thanks for listening.